All right, Leftovers at Midnight, episode three, with our guest Manny from Cannibal Logic Podcast. Hello, Manny. How you doing? Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? You went all right. How's everyone Good. doing tonight? It's going. You know, it's going. It, 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 it's going. It's going. It's going. It's going good. Kyle, how about you? You're pretty quiet this episode. All <laughs> oh, right. Kyle's not oh. here because he's on vacation. Hopefully, we'll have him. I replace him. Yeah, we'll have him next week or the week after that. But instead, we have our good friend Manny subbing in for him today, and he's going to talk a little about his, a little bit about his podcast, known as Cannibal Logic. You want to want to explain yeah. a little bit about that, Manny, and you know. What made you want to do that? So the name comes from the uh, idea of combining cannabis and logic together. So it's corny, but I say cannibal logic or cannabis meets logic. So for the longest time, I feel like this plant has been uh, demonized for absolutely no reason. And the world lacks more information on the plant in general. So... Having had this passion for cannabis for years and years and years, I figured why not take my knowledge and do something decent with it. That's pretty much it. Uh, you have what, one episode out so far? One, yep. And it's pretty much uh, it's 25 minutes long, and it's a long timeline of cannabis over the last 12,000 years. Oh, cool. Hmm. Um, it's actually called A Brief 12,000 Year History of Cannabis. And it's only a brief 25 mm. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I recorded it, it was 38. I can't tell you how many times I flubbed. It's a little bit br- more brief now, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Briefer. Yeah. More briefer. <laughs> briefer on the reefer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds just like reefer. <laughs> um, so while we have you on here, uh, we know you have that uh, Cannibal Logic podcast. We figured you'd be the ideal, most perfectest guest ever to talk about what happened in Oregon uh, a couple I'm weeks so ago. I'm so excited. I am excited, too. Um, this month. This month, yeah. Not even like We're a week and a half ago. Literally, li- literally living through history. Yeah, it's yeah. it's incredible that uh, for those of you who don't know, Oregon like completely decriminalized. I think everything, right? Every yeah. single drug known to man. Yeah, everything. That's insane. Down to heroin, to cocaine, to crack, to LSD, to mushrooms, everything. I think, not just cannabis. I think Portugal did the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they did. Portugal was actually the first one. Um, I want to say it was more than a decade ago. And what they did was they started a needle exchange program and they found that overdoses were less and so were the spread of STDs because you can bring in your used needles. They gave you new needles and then they gave you a safe place to shoot up. And it's actually saved a lot of people's lives over there because of the fact that there's trained medical staff on hand to help with any overdoses if it happens. I would rather somebody be doing that in a safe place than in a dirty alley where nobody's going to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Arm reduction versus punitive actions. Mm -hmm. Saving people instead of hurting them. I I come in for doing that. Pretty much people have a wrong idea of what decriminalization is. It just means the act of using it is not a crime anymore. So instead of being locked in jail for using drugs, which you kind of don't have a choice because you're addicted, you get help. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the best way they could have gone about it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen to treat illness. I've seen episodes yeah. of cops and live PD where they pull somebody over with a bag of heroin. One cop will, you know, throw them in jail. The other cop will be like, hey, I'm compensating this. Do you want to get help? You know, I I, I won't I right. won't arrest you or ticket you. I'll, you know, I'll help you go to this treatment center and this and that. And, you know, the treatment center option is always like, wow, somebody cares about somebody else and helping people instead of just throwing yeah. them into uh, a jail cell. For however long and ruining their life even more than it's already right ruined honestly yep it shows that they give a shit i mean you know it brings up an unpopular um opinion cops are overburdened with entirely too much work that they don't need to be doing we have a failed war on drugs that literally drugs won (laughs) yeah i mean drugs won in oregon yeah that's what the whole defund the police movement is about, really. It's not mm-hmm. taking their money away, but 
moving money to people that are better trained in certain things for other aspects. That's that's really what that's about. So you know, it's, right. it's a, we're going back to the theory of harm reduction as opposed to punitive measures. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I um. I gotta commend Oregon on on the fact that they didn't hold back on decriminalizing only cocaine or you know right. only uh crack or heroin they said you know what fuck it everything you're good with everything um <laughs> i still can't believe that's a sentence i didn't even know I, that I'm... was on the ballot like i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> until like election day i was like oh okay these states yeah, legalize and that was a marijuana ballot measure yeah. yeah like what well, they that means the people they, voted on it and the people passed it with a margin of 66% minimum. Because when you need to change something that huge, you need two-thirds of the vote. You can't just have 51% and win. Yeah. That means a majority of the state said, this is a problem. We need to change it. This is the first step. Either the right and, move. From what I understand, they also, what are they, they legalized mushrooms for therapeutic use as well, didn't yeah. they? Yep. Um, psilocybin for therapy for therapy which um they've been doing a lot of research of um psilocybin mushrooms uh, specifically in colorado when colorado legalized it back in 2018 Mm -hmm. uh recreationally there was also i believe san francisco or um san fernando county i can't remember exactly where in california one of the sands but they also decriminalized yeah one of the sands one of the saints um (laughs) They decriminalized uh, psilocybin mushrooms as well because the research has shown that that has helped people with PTSD more than any pharmaceutical drug that they could really? give them. Yeah, that well, and, um, MDMA too. Yeah, being a person that's used psilocybin um, pretty regularly uh, for uh, what you would call a vision quest, if you will, um, it's a very good drug to help you find yourself. So the thing with psilocybin is if you're in a bad place, it's going to bring that out of you and it's going to make you face that. If you're in a good place, it's going to bring that out of you and it's going to make you face that. So whatever your demons or angels are, you're going to meet them and you're going to pretty much accept them. Um, I've heard of psilocybin actually helping people uh, with drug addiction by um, basically enhancing a bad mood and helping them find what is the cause of that root problem instead of what the surface looks like. Really? Yeah, Yeah, psilocybin will strip away your ego. So whatever (laughs) you think you are as a person, it's gone. Yep. Is that what it's called, Mm -hmm. ego death? death. Yep. Ego death. That's what you do a lot. I feel like we all need a good ego death every once in a while. (laughs) It's scary, and I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I it's, guess it's just it's an intense wake-up call. I, I can assume that'd be the best. I, I never done it. I wouldn't know. I personally um, watch a lot of Vice. In the moment, right now, um, I'm actually microdosing mushrooms um, on a weekly schedule of every Monday and Thursday. Okay. Uh, and what I do is I do 0.2 grams to just sort of slightly enhance. Um, that background uh, voice in the back of my head that's the creative part of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if it wasn't for it, I would have never actually started this podcast because I've been talking about it for years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what you're mm-hmm. saying is the good mushrooms helped you make the good podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you also have to be in the right state of mind. Right. The other part of that, too, is like, when you do mushrooms once it stays like the realizations or whatever you get from it stay with you for up to maybe anywhere between six weeks to three months wow so yeah it's it's not like you stay high no you're not high the whole time Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like a slight drunk things start warping like the movie inception and then ego death happens and that's when god picks you up makes you ride passenger and he says we're gonna go on a fucking trip <laughs> literally so, and metaphorically literally is that anything like um 
first of all, sorry, mom. So uh, I did acid a couple years ago. Uh, hi, mom, if you're listening, please don't hurt me. <laughs> um, is it anything like that kind of euphoric feeling you get after um, your come down? Where you, for me, at least, everything felt good. I felt really good mm-hmm. the last, the next like two to three days afterwards. Is it anything like that, but in that exact moment? So for me personally, I find acid to be more of a um, recreational drug. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily see it having too many medical benefits, but that's just my opinion. Um, I see acid as more so like, hey, let's have fun and fucking trip. Whereas mushrooms is natural, right? It was it wasn't made in a lab like uh, acid was. Acid was created in the lab by complete accident. This dude uh, mixed three chemicals, made lysergic acid, and he had two drops fall on his skin, and he noticed that he was tripping ball sacks. So he just started journaling everything and everything oh. and everything. Um, Albert Hoffman. Can't remember right? his. Yes, Eric yep, Hoffman. I was about to Google his name, <laughs> but yeah. Um, We've actually been using uh, mushrooms as a as a species for thousands and thousands of years, way before cannabis mm-hmm. was even used. Um, the stone ape and, theory. Yep, the stone ape theory. And my theory is the moment that man decriminal or criminalized mushrooms was the moment that man let God die. Huh. That's a. That's my opinion. And that's a really yeah. interesting, but you know, kind yeah. of. Uh, outsourcing your brain way of looking at it right because it shows shows that that. people are still not so narrow-minded like they're they're still willing to expand on everything and there are people like you that have that perspective like hey we need to kind of open everybody up not just me and you know my friends but everyone and get the word out and i think that's what started the popularization of it again yeah, it's also it's it's natural, man. It's there's there's nothing about it that's gonna kill you. You're you're, you're gonna trip. You're gonna come back from it. You're gonna be a different person. Whether it's you have a bad trip or a good trip, you still come back a better person. So, <clears throat> how do you think that this decriminalization? This goes for everybody, not just Manny, of course. How do you think this decriminalization Oregon's doing is gonna affect the negative stigma? On, you know, mushrooms and, and everything that we see. Because I know when I was growing up, you know, weed was the big bad drug. But it's so widely talked about now. And then, you know, you go you go somewhere in high school, you got, you know, your friends out back smoking a joint. You join it and you're like, oh, this isn't bad at all. Um, but and I don't notice like mushrooms and acid and, you know, there's, there's bad ones like, you know, meth, heroin, stuff like that have such a negative stigma to them how do you think that this decriminalization can bring more light to not not just the negatives to it like the positives i guess if you will not not for uh for meth and heroin of course because i don't really think there's a positive to that i mean you lose weight on meth so if you're like you're obese you're trying to lose some weight you know smoke some crystal i don't fucking know i'm not endorsing it but You know. Meth is just street Adderall, so <laughs> yeah, you got a point. I mean, if you want meth, go get a prescription for Adderall. He's not wrong. If he's you, not wrong. See, that's the don't problem. He's me. not wrong. Yeah, if you don't mind me interjecting for just a minute here, You're not allowed. Go ahead. Um, oh, <laughs> I I feel like it's not so much that people should look in the at the drugs themselves in a positive light. But instead, being able to see the addict as a human being. Yeah. Yes. I think that's that's what the positive net effects of something like this are going to be. Yes. Is you know more compassion for people that are addicted to these who have that type of disease. Right. And when they say decriminalization, it doesn't mean the selling of the drug has been decriminalized. It's the using of the drug that's been decriminalized. Selling it is still a very much so a criminal offense that they can lock you up for, and rightfully so. Yep. Because you're uh, coming from somebody who's sold weed in the past, you're destroying a community slowly, you know? I don't necessarily believe that selling weed is a bad thing, but the act of selling any kind of drug creates a weird black market competition that then leads to violence. Does that make sense? Yep, hundred percent. Cartel. That's why I feel like, yep, gang violence, cartel violence, 
all that kind of stuff. On the user end, if you're caught with less than a trafficking amount, you get a civil citation. You show up to court, you pay your ticket, or you uh, do the program that they assigned you to. You just don't go to jail or have house arrest anymore. Yep, and that's exactly how it should be. Yep. You know, it, it's it's one thing to have, you know, X amount of drugs in your car or in your backpack or whatever with obvious intent to sell. Yep. But on the other hand, it, you know, you have just your average Joe with a couple of grams in his pocket on his way home from the store. And both of them are going to get the same punishment like that. That perspective has been long overdue to be gone. The failed war on drugs brings me to one person, and I can't remember his name. I'm blanking on it, but it is an African-American male who hit the three strikes law, right? But he hit it 13 years after his last arrest. And because it was his third strike and he got caught with two joints, he went away for 25 years. Holy shit. Whereas, not to get political or racist, but facts are facts. A white male would have gotten probation. Right. Oh, and yeah. Systemic <clears throat> racism. The yep. three strikes law in general is racist by its nature because it, um, it, it unproportion disproportionately affects, you know, minority communities. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> this is just a harsh reality we're living in now where that, that's yeah. becoming, you know, this isn't a new thing. That kind of stuff no. is just, it's being oh, brought no. to light more and more with no. everything going on in the world. And it, it's, it's shitty. It should never happen, but people are people. Shit's going to happen. It's, it's not yep. new and hopefully it'll right. change soon. And I mean, Candace Owens tried to bring up a point once, but she brought it up in such a horrible way. So I hope that I can do a better job of it here. I hope so. When you create a welfare system that incentivizes for a household to not have a male presence around, it kind of it kind of gets rid of the father figure in the family. So if a male grows up without a father figure or a mother figure or somebody that can teach them how to actually be a decent human being in an impoverished area where they don't have the resources to learn or get a decent education, their last resort literally is what is on paper considered a criminal activity. Mm-hmm. The only difference between a crime and something that isn't a crime is a piece of paper that says so. Yeah. So now we have drug war 2.0 where I'm a medical patient with a cannabis card here in Florida. And if I get caught with it, I am perfectly fine. I'm sent on my way home. But say for example, Eric or Robbie or Alex, you guys don't have a medical card. You get caught with it. You're screwed, even if it's just a joint. Right. Yep. Drug war 2.0 literally means I have a piece of plastic that says it's okay for me to use this. Yep. Yep. Do you have to, you know, that's terrible. I don't like that system. Right. (laughs) And with, with it being, you know, a state legislated thing as opposed to a federally legislated thing. Um, for example, someone like me, you know, I I own a concealed carry license. So if I were to get caught with drugs, you know, it would be that much worse for me, especially if I had a firearm on me, because right. there's that difference between federal law and state law. Right. And then federal law says that if you have any amount of any drug, including marijuana, with any amount of money or any weapon you're considered a trafficker immediately. And you're brought up on criminal trafficking charges, even if you're caught with less than a gram, five bucks, and a nine mil. Wow. You go from misdemeanor to felony real quick. Welcome to the final Faster than a Tesla goes to 60. (laughs) Oh, so, Manny, (laughs) if you're coming home from the dispensary or, you know, you have weed in your car from the dispensary, you forget about it, let's say you don't have your card on you, and you get pulled over. Do you have to have your card on you, or can the police search it and be like, hey, yep, you're a registered patient? Actually, a really good question. Um, <clears throat> have to have your card on you. Because of HIPAA laws, um, the state that you're in cannot give that information to police. That makes sense. So you yep. have to have your card on you to prove it. Protected it's just like HIPAA. if you're driving your car and you get pulled over and you don't have your license, you mm-hmm. get a ticket for not having your license while driving your vehicle. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Yep. And if I'm concealed carrying a firearm, I get a misdemeanor if I don't have my license on me either. Correct. I understand that, yeah. I would have to go to court. I would have to prove that I am a medical patient. It would get dropped immediately. It wouldn't be an issue, but I would have to go through all that pony show just to prove it. Yeah, it's still the initial hassle of everything, and it becomes a major pain in the ass for everyone that's involved, including you, the person who wrote the ticket, and you know having to show up in court anyways. It's a waste of resources. Yeah, and then on the other end, <clears throat> cops get this even worse look because they're arresting people who are medically able to carry things, you know. And I don't want to get the I don't want to get this like messed up. I'm not blue lives matter. I'm not all lives matter. I I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I, <laughs> if I had to if I had to pick one, it would be Cthulhu's theme: No lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> We are all just a speck on a grand scheme of the calendar of the universe. You know, we're we're the last last second of the year when you see how long this planet has actually been around. Yep. So to 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 tell another grown adult, no, 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 stop, stop, stop doing that. You can't do that. That's that's ridiculous. I'm a grown ass adult. If I want to put poison, quote unquote, in my body, I should be able to put poison in my body. That's why we have alcohol. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's why the phrase is pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Because we all jokingly know alcohol is poisonous for us. Yeah. Yet we still choose that over uh mushrooms. We still choose that over uh yeah. a gram of weed sometimes, you know. Why? Because well, it's so actually, much more accepted. I actually go into detail on that on my first episode where uh, Prohibition, when it started in 1919, they actually positioned marijuana to be an alternative for uh, alcohol when alcohol was made illegal. Really? So then when they reversed it, yeah, when they reversed it in 1933 and they made alcohol illegal again four years later, boom, weed was gone and it was made a criminal offense to use in any way, shape or form with the Marijuana Tax Act. So mm-hmm. I actually did not go into this detail in my podcast. If you were a farmer back then and you grew hemp, weed, marijuana, ganja, whatever you call it, chronic, the dankness, you had to take your harvest to the courthouse to get a license. That's what the tax act was. And then when you showed up with it, you were arrested. <laughs> you, you had to bring it to get your tax stamp, but it was illegal to have it without the tax stamp. It's like so this. It was, but you couldn't couldn't get the tax stamp without the harvest number. It's like that post I saw uh, a long time ago on Facebook. It was like this police station posted up. We're checking uh, crystal meth. If you'd like to have your crystal meth yep. checked out, please bring it down to the station and an officer will assist you <laughs> or something like that. We're making sure yep. you guys are getting it safe on the streets and they yep. just get fucked. We I, found I don't a, know how real that is. We found a poisonous batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Entrapment. It is what it is. I think police resources can be used for much better things like actual crimes, like violent crimes. Stop yeah. locking people up for nonviolent crimes. I mean, for God's sake, we have a man that's been arrested. He's, I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's being released next month. He's the man who's been in jail the longest amount of time for any cannabis related uh, nonviolent crime. Wow. And he's been in jail for 31 years. Holy out of a shit. 90, wow. Out of a 90 year sentence, he's being let out finally after 31 years. What was he charged with? You know? Possession of cannabis under uh, uh, under an ounce. Wow. And it goes under to an ounce. Yep. And it goes to show how intense when when these laws were initially put in place, it shows how intense they actually were, because yep. nowadays that's unheard of to have a sentence like that for. Uh, what, uh, sorry, what did you say? 90 years? 90 years. Yeah. yeah. The, like that would be absolutely bonkers if we heard someone getting charged like that in 2020. Like, I would understand a heroin dealer. I would understand a right. crack dealer. But a guy who was possessing cannabis for personal use, getting a 90-year sentence because of a three-strike law? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, that goes back Bullshit. to Nixon. 
Um, I mean, it goes back before Nixon, but Nixon, Nixon is <laughs> quoted on tape as saying something along the lines of, we can't make it illegal to be a hippie. We can't make it illegal to be black. We can't make it illegal to be against the war. So we associate these drugs with those types of people, those undesirables in this country. And we use that to arrest them, to get them off the streets. And that's really mm-hmm. why the war on drugs started. You know, that's on tape. You can look that up. You know, you can hear yep. Nixon saying that. I'm actually going through my notes right now for my podcast to see if I can find that specific one. Oh, okay. I'm bringing up stuff that you have notes on. Gotcha. He, he yeah. came prepared. <laughs> he came prepared. If we can get every future guest to be like this, that'd be fucking perfect. <laughs> now, if only uh, we came as prepared. Yeah. To every podcast. <laughs> so Just check this out. Ready to go. What right day off are we bat. recording? Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> fine here, aren't I? <laughs> 1937, the U.S. passed the Marijuana Tax Act, which criminalized the plant entirely. In response, Dr. William C. Woodward testified to Congress that the American Medical Association knows of no evidence that marijuana is a dangerous drug. And he also warned that a prohibition loses sight of the fact that the future investigation may show that there are substantial medical uses for cannabis. Uh, Spoiler alert, Congress ignored his expert opinion. Articles printed by newspaper mogul William Randolph Hearst ran smear smear campaigns against cannabis that helped to shift public opinions against the plant to a negative mindset. Guess what came out the year before that? What? Reefer Madness, the movie. Oh my God, dude, that movie is hilarious. Yeah, and the intention was to get teenagers to not want to use cannabis, but it had the complete opposite effect. Mm-hmm. It made them even more curious because they're like, I want to laugh like that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I want to get hungry when I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1972, uh, Nixon's commissioner suggests that cannabis be de- uh, re-legalized, uh, but their recommendation was ignored. The U.S. medical research uh, picks up pace and position uh, Proposition 19 in California to legalize marijuana for use is rejected by a voter margin of 66 to 33. But three years later, in 1975, Nabilene, which is a cannabis-based med- medication, was made by a U.S. drug pharmaceutical company. So it's talking on both sides of your mouth. And it goes to show where everyone's priorities are at as far as, you know, money catching criminals and getting the money to go back into circulation. And then Reagan made it worse, too. In 1986, Ronald Reagan signed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act, which reinstated mandatory minimums and raising federal penalties for possession and distribution and officially began the U.S. international war on drugs. And then it was what it was it Clinton that signed the crime bill that brought Uh, the three strikes law in, I think. Yep, 1997 through 2001, in direct contradiction to the IOM, which is the Institute of Medicine, uh, in direct contradiction to their recommendations, President Clinton continued the Reagan and Bush war on drugs era, began a campaign to arrest and prosecute medical cannabis patients and their providers in California and elsewhere, also instituting the three strikes law, that if you get caught with it three times, you that's it, you're, you're looked at as a felon. Yep. Man, that's yep. shitty. It- it's ridiculous yeah. it's dumb it, it, the whole thing is it's so messed up in so many ways there's so much racism and corruption and and money just tied into these types of things that it's it's not how a government should function i mean if yeah. you look at the legal u.s cannabis market right now only two percent of of them are, are african-american owners mm-hmm. only two percent of dispensary owners are african-american just let that number sink in. Mm-hmm. And we have twelve you know, percent African Americans in this country. Why are only two percent being allowed to play the game, and why are they being arrested at a twenty-five per twenty-five time rate than white people are? And think about this too: in order to start a business, you have to get a business loan. Yet one of the questions on getting a business loan is, "What is your race? Why should that why matter? Does it matter? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's, right. it's purely there so they can, you know, say, oh, no, you're more likely to default on your loan. We're not going to give it to you. Right. So I have a question picky about medical marijuana for you, Manny, since you uh, 
you have a podcast love about it. this. Seems like you might know might know a little bit about it. What makes it medical? My favorite thing in the why, world. Uh, why is it why is it medical marijuana and not just normal marijuana? What makes it medical? A piece of paper that man wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, that's the end of this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so actually, California has um, a law where if you don't have a medical license, you don't get the medical discount, and you cannot purchase anything that is over 18% in strength of THC. Okay. So if you're a medical patient, you are allowed to purchase over 18% of concentration, and you get a discount for having that. So if, if I go to uh, uh, Joe Schmo down the street and I say, I want a bag of weed, would that be medical marijuana mm. too? Or is it is there a difference in what you buy at dispensaries and what you buy on the street? So when I buy from the dispensary, I prefer it um, over buying it from Joe Schmo because of the simple fact that I get a lab result with everything. I like to know the, the testing of something before I put it in my body. That's just me. Yep. Everyone is different. You're not However, taking as much as a risk. Yeah. Medical marijuana is literally a term um, to determine what your use of cannabis is. Are you using it just to get high or are you using it because you're in pain or because you're anxious or because, you know, you've got nerve disease or some bullshit going on with you? Mm -hmm. It's the intention of what it's being used for that makes it medical. Okay. And America has a very long history of using cannabis for medical uses. It wasn't until the Revolutionary War in Mexico in 1911 that when immigrants started moving from Mexico to America, they actually brought the word mar uh, marijuana with them that was spelled <laughs> with an H. So marijuana. when they, yeah, marijuana. So when they, <laughs> uh, when they brought over the idea of recreational use for something that's been known as a medicine, uh, Americans freaked out and they started demonizing the Mexican population. <laughs> it's just bullshit. Yep, um, they associate it with jazz music and Mexicans and yeah. <laughs> um, so for fuck's sake, my boss loves jazz. There, there's a lot of talk. Even, doesn't of, even smoke weed of this, uh, this CBD stuff. That, yeah. I'm sorry if you heard that my dog just freaked out. Um, there's a lot of talk about mm. CBD stuff and how that can affect your body, just like medical marijuana does. Do those two go hand in mm. hand? You know, I know a little bit about CBD. Um, I'm not we sure do. if our audience does or not, but um, can you go ahead and kind of explain to them how, like, how cannabis can be beneficial to you with CBD, I guess? So I'm a little bit biased because of the fact that I run a laboratory that produces uh, and manufactures CBD products. Oh, really? Um yeah, and uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, job is great. Um, Sweet. I have a lot of great people working with me. And um, I don't see that as a bias. I see that as a passion. Like, I'm literally, I, I, I'm doing what I love. And if you would have told me 10 years ago, hey, you're going to be fucking making decaf kush for a living, I would have never <laughs> believed you. Is that what you call it? <laughs> but yeah, um, That's hilarious. me personally, all the research that I have found has shown that all the medical uses that you get from cannabis is a CBD effect. THC normally helps you with sleep, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. That's it. You get all of your anti-inflammatory, you get your pain relief, you get all of that um, discomfort relief association with CBD. The other part of that too is if somebody is smoking uh, weed that is high, highly concentrated in THC, you can actually counteract the high that they're having by giving them a little bit of CBD because your body has receptors, right? So here's your receptor and the keyhole is right there. So the, here comes <laughs> CBD and it will lock into the keyhole. Okay. Just locks right in. <laughs> it it just works, doesn't it? Just fucking it works. Just works. Can you use your fist? Does works. the fist work too? <laughs> so you have your CB1 receptors and your CB2. CBD only binds to CB2. And CB2 does not intoxicate you. However, THC will bind to both. Okay. So a lot of the time, THC and CBD will fight to bind to CB2 receptor, which actually gets you higher than the CB1 receptor does. 
Um, there's recently been discovered CBG. CBG is another cannabinoid that is found in the marijuana plant. Um, just for your information, there's over 88 different types of cannabinoids that have been discovered in the plant marijuana. Yep. Damn, dude. I just want to like, I just used to want to put a lighter to it and get high. And <laughs> there's, there's, it sounds like there's a lot of shit that a lot of people don't know. It, it's science. Just, yeah. You just go to the dispensary or you go to the doctor. It's like magic, but real. I just right? got to show this one science. It's like magic, but real. <laughs> You know, if I go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm super anxious, and he prescribes me something, uh, a medical card, or uh, obviously medical marijuana, mm. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to smoke it, and I'm not going to think twice about it. Uh, but the no. fact that there's, you know, you were saying CBD, it seems like CBD is what's going to help uh, make the, the effect of the weed less intense and help kind of mellow right. you out. Uh, not necessarily was, like taking a Xanax, but kind of like taking something that'll help calm you down if you're, you know, you're hyper-focused, you're not in the right mindset. Right. You're very like anxious. if you eat something that, that was poisonous and they give you Epicac for you uh, to throw it up. What you call me? <laughs> I called you an epitaph. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's mean. It's a Epicac record company, is basically actually. just, um, Epicac is a medication that makes you throw up Oh, on I, okay. I know what that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You've seen that episode of Family Guy where they all drink it and then proceed to vomit all over each other in the living room? Yep. Exactly. That. They were doing an Epicac challenge. Oh my god. Okay, everybody, drink your Epicac and let's see who's the last one to throw up. <laughs> they all threw up at the same time. Family Guy is such a good show. Stuff works quick. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have anything else to add about your podcast? Anything you want to kind of pimp um, on it? Have you got anything going on? Well, I um, I'm also doing like a video series along with it. Sometimes um, there is a hemp giveaway right now for uh, being sponsored by All Access CBD. Oh, cool! If you've never, yeah, if you've never heard of them, check them out at allaccesscbd.com. Um, basically, we are giving away a lighter, we're giving away a grinder, we're giving away 3.5 grams of our best strain, Purple Train Wreck which has a uh, 13% concentration of CBD, and it has 0.15% uh, of uh, THC. Which leads me to my next point. What is the difference between CBD, uh, hemp and marijuana? Does anybody know? Ooh, I do. Is hemp the plant, marijuana the actual bud? No, no. it's male versus female plants. Mm-mm. No. Uh-oh, Big no. Brain got shut down. It's a man-made law that says hemp is anything that contains less than 0.3% of Delta 9 THC. What is Delta 9? That is, Delta 9 THC is the chemical that'll actually get you high. Okay. Yep, so people just call it THC. The actual full name for it is Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. That's a lot of words. Yep. So oh, letters. I mean, the opposite effect can also happen, like I was talking about earlier. If you take too much THC, you can counteract it with CBD. The flour, people have been buying it incorrectly for years, so they thought the higher the percentage, the better. No, you need to look for a terpene strain that'll work for you, right? So we've heard of the difference between sativa, indica, and hybrid, mm -hmm. right? That's why um, back in the day, whenever we would smoke, we would actually eat mangoes right after because the terpene in mangoes myrcene would make you higher. Um, cannabis is one of the only plants. Uh, it's, it's considered an alien plant because of the fact that it contains over 120 different terpenes in it that are found in every other plant on this planet. For example, if you get a super lemon haze, which is a sativa, an, a lifter, it has a lot of limonene and citronol, which are found in uh, lemons and lime and oranges and things like that. So have you ever heard of people putting lemon in their tea in the morning? Yeah. It gives them an energy boost because lemon has that effect. Same thing with lavender. Uh, lavender's uh, uh, chemical name is linalool. So a lot of indicas will have linalool in it, and it'll have a much more relaxing effect, and along with the myrcene that is found in mangoes, because that's also relaxing. And then a hybrid is just basically a plant that combines both of those into one. 
with different variations. One can be more indica, one can be more sativa, but it definitely has both in there. No. Okay. So what so what you're saying is if we get a hybrid, right? We get a hybrid, we get some mangoes, we get some lemons, we get some limes, and we get some lavender. We're gonna have a really good time for at least a day. Boy fucking howdy are we. <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, now, uh, I got it. One of those pizza I got a challenges. diffuser downstairs. I got some. <laughs> I got some lavender fucking aromatherapy. What's up, boys? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds like I need to go grocery shopping. Think about all like the food challenges you could complete with just all that shit going on. Just like the oh my god, high that I, you would have. Like, have you ever seen those things where it's like, here's a big ass pizza. You get to bring two friends. Who do you <laughs> yeah. bring? And I go, nobody. I bring a fucking joint and finish the damn thing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I won't eat breakfast. I'll come and eat that, and then I'll go home and have dinner. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I can eat or a lot of food. go home and pass out. Yeah, pass out, wake up, hungry as hell, then go eat dinner. Yep. I take Which is another really good side effect for, like, cancer patients, for example. Oh. Chemotherapy takes away their ability to actually eat um, mm-hmm. in general, so the munchies definitely helps them. And you know how chemotherapy was developed? No. Mustard gas. They would Yum. experiment mustard gas with. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go back to the Nazis on this one. Um, the Nazis were actually experimenting on their prisoners, the effects of uh, mustard gas, and they found out that it shrank tumors. So they refined it, and today it's called chemotherapy. So yeah. what you're saying is Moffitt Hospital. Which is in uh, Tampa, I think, is mustard yep. gassing people. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, pretty sick. much. Damn, that's you, when you put it like that, I can't even open my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I support this kind of science anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> huge atrocity. You wanted science. I brought science, bro. <laughs> I brought it on my shirt. I brought it in my head. I brought it on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, when you don't give a shit about a certain sect of people and you do human experimentation, you learn a lot of medical science. Yep. But that's Especially why we have ethics boards. Yep. Uh, you have MK Ultra, which was a program that was experimenting on the use of LSD to try and see if it gave uh, American soldiers psychic powers. Uh, Japanese actually had a program similar to it. I'm Googling mm-hmm. it right now. Uh, it was like warehouse or section something. I know what you're talking about. I want to say section 47, but I'm... Uh, crap. Manchurian candidate-style subjects were created by using hallucinogen LSD and MKUltra. Fucking crazy. Science is fucking weird. There's so Japan, much... so a lot... Yeah, a lot of the reasons why we know how the human body works is because of um, Japanese prisoners being opened up while they yeah. were still alive. Oh, fuck to that. See how the, no. To see how the organs were functioning in no. a still alive human body. Fuck yeah, what shit. you're looking for Fuck is Unit Seven Thirty One. Unit Seven Thirty One. That's the one. That's yeah. it right there. Yep. Unit Seven Thirty One. Bro, um, the, uh, humanity is disgusting and beautiful at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> but yet again, uh, it's like if here's the dark side of it. If that shit never happened, we would have never had the information we have today. Yeah, there's a give and a take, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you cut people open I mean, and you mustard gas them, and you find out how uh, how to fucking find the bright help side tumors. Holy unfortunately, shit. when bad suffering. things happen out of yeah, unfortunately, things out of your control that are bad happen. You can't undo them, so the best right. thing you can do is at least try and use it for something good. As fucked up as that sounds. Yep. Yep. It still it still blows my mind that, you know, just like you guys said, the the horrible shit that's happened over the years. Unfortunately, that's the only way we were able to learn was by using that as like evidence or 
you know, the variables or however you want to word that and kind of build off of that and say, hey, we can we can do this, but let's move it this way instead. And, yeah. you know, things like that are how we ended up with chemotherapy. And I like think it's in a, in a fucked up way. It's cool as shit. Yeah. Like it's very interesting. Yeah. Like I get I get ragged on for having a weirdly curious interest for Nazis. Not for the fact that I admire them because I think that they're pieces of shit and they should all just die. I hope you don't admire but them. But the fact that they <laughs> fucking got away with the shit they got away with and for how long they got away with it for. The history And the knowledge it. that they brought, too. Like Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun was one mm -hmm. of the most brilliant minds on the planet that worked for the Nazis as a scientist, right? And his whole goal was to take mankind into space. And when he created the atomic bomb with Albert Einstein and it landed, he said, the bomb, per, uh, the, the, the bomb performed perfectly. It just landed at the wrong target. Yep. Wrong planet. On the wrong planet. Yep. Yep. And then you got like Oppenheimer with, you know, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I mean, yep. we brought Mutually all the assured destruction. Yep. Brilliant Nazi scientists in to, to help us. And, you know, because they're, they're paperclip. That's what they do. Well, that's Project Paperclip. After the war, they brought all mm -hmm. the Nazi scientists over. Actually, um, Warner von, it was uh, Oppenheimer and von Braun that helped build Tomorrowland in Disney World. Yep. And they actually helped get man to the moon here in uh, Kennedy Space Center. Really? Yeah, if yeah. it wasn't for their science, we would have never, never, never been able to get man to the moon. And then mutually assured destruction was actually ignored for the longest time up until the 1960s when America accidentally almost annihilated North Carolina with an atomic bomb. Oh, you know, the, you know about this? You hear about this? No, I, I not really. looked into it. Yeah. So there was a B-52 carrier that was carrying atomic bombs and the mm -hmm. um there was some there was something wrong with the locking mechanism and two bombs fell. Thank God they did not activate because there would have been a giant crater and a different reality in North Carolina today. Holy oh yeah. shit. There's actually a surprising amount of missing nuclear bombs like missing. more than you would think. They just missing, go missing unaccounted like, for. Just, just happened, unaccounted for around the world. Yeah. That happened during the fucking Bush administration. Yep. You know, we have missing weapons. We think they're over here. No, they didn't have them there. Oops. They're hiding. <laughs> <is> what happened. <laughs> you know, and they all it, went it's to sleep. Crazy to think there was like, and there was that one time we almost nuked Russia when they were given the command accidentally. And then no one would confirm or deny the command, so they used their brains and didn't fucking do it. And <laughs> thank much, Christ. Yeah, it was. I mean, it literally, the entire fate of the world came down to two people not being complete fucking idiots. And Whoa. I'm amazed it got that close, and that they weren't idiots. Cuban Missile Crisis, man. Yeah, you had Russia putting missiles in Cuba so that they can have instant access to launch anything toward us whenever they wanted to that's why we had a cold war for so long and it was called a cold war because nothing was fired it was all espionage yeah you know we derailed pretty hard i like this that, that, hey that's all right it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, been nice great. and educational but not like you're here to learn about this. It's just like, here's some facts on top of facts on top of facts, dog. Heard you like facts, yeah. so I put some facts. Here's things you probably uh, didn't know. I yeah. hate being preachy. But the thing I, is, I don't, like, I don't like preachiness. But it's not boring information, though. It's, it's fucking right. awesome. The fact that two nuclear Thanks. bombs almost like blew up a fucking state because they fell. I mean, I yeah. didn't know that. By I think accident. that's cool as shit. How the fuck does a bomb fall? Well, I don't fucking know, but I'd like to know. <laughs> oh, and the reason why they didn't explode is because the people who manufactured them forgot to forgot to attach the activator to the bomb. Wow. So because somebody was either sleep deprived or having a bad day at work or whatever excuse happened, they saved millions of lives. Yeah, imagine that you're building a bomb. <laughs> that could have gone the other up. way. 
and you helped yep. not blow a bunch of shit up. Yeah. Yep. What if we needed those bombs, though, on yep, that well, day? Too fucking bad. <laughs> We're screwed either yep. way. <laughs> Things exactly. happen, and unfortunately, when they happen, you just have to move forward with it. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to say about your podcast, Manny, before we wrap it up here? Um. Hmm. Where's it streaming? I wasn't on? really expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so you. you can actually find it on um, Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, it's going to be coming to Google Podcasts pretty soon. Uh, YouTube soon enough. As soon as YouTube can figure their encoding bullshit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and on podbean which is the host for my podcast as well very nice so anybody out there interested in the science behind cannabis that's my goal i just want to educate people on what it really is and that it's nothing to fucking be scared of dude it's really not it's not for everybody and you can you can't overdose on it it is physically impossible for you yeah. to overdose on cannabis, you have to eat 1,500 plants in the same day. Try doing that shit. What if you were high Please. and then you did that because you were already super hungry? Like, would you, would you just get full or would you just get so high you'd fall asleep? Like, <laughs> I would imagine you'd have to eat like a pound of wax and then you would oh. still fall asleep and wake up like five days later. What if, if, well, if you're eating wax, would it be like Jolly Rancher consistency? Because it's like brittle or what? Uh, yeah. You like those little caramel well, candies like grandmas keep in their purses? Werther's. Werther's, yes! There's actually a lot. Werther's! Werther's! Oh my god. Or the fucking little strawberries <laughs> with the jelly middles. Oh my god, dude. I'm getting flashbacks to like finding those. Getting one, there's like a little hair on it. You're like, eh. It smells, it has that oh, like old woman it? perfume on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you find the fucking Danish cookie box, but it's full of sewing equipment oh, and you get so pissed off. There's no cookies in the sewing equipment box. What the fuck? <laughs> Who replaced the cookies? Yeah, it's called Eusta. It's, 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 it's Eusta Tupperware. Used to be cookies. Used to be margarine. I can't believe it used to be that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't believe it used to be butter. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I, oh, I broke. <laughs> oh, man, he's You dead. broke me. You broke me. Uh, well, uh, on that note, uh, Leftovers at Midnight, episode three. See wow. you guys. Well, all right, then. Yeah. <laughs>